Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos NBA DFSA podcast. I am your host, Keith Court. You're probably sick of hearing from me this week because I've been all over the place. But I am joined today, tonight, by Mr. Lee Schwartz, uh, as I am uh, hopefully every Saturday night here going forward, uh, to break down your Sunday slate. And we do have an interesting uh, kind of split slate here, Lee, with a four-game early slate and a nine-game later slate. And I am feeling a lot more confident about the early slate uh, might have something to do with how many games are on there. There's only four as opposed to nine. But uh, I, I like a lot of more plays in that one, actually, than I do at the, in the later one. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, well, you think today, uh, today's slate's crazy with this four-game early and nine-game late slate on DraftKings next week? Yeah. Is the last day of the regular season on a Sunday. Easter Sunday, yeah. <laughs> and there's uh, 15 games, all afternoon games. So, yeah. I mean, one of my favorite things to play on DFS is those turbo games where you have like three games that all start at the exact same time and all ended roughly at the same time. And uh, next Sunday's slate is going to be basically a 15-game turbo, so it should be really <laughs> fun to uh, yeah. to prepare for. Yeah, and, and honestly, this time of year, it's really more about you know who's making a playoff run and who isn't, and who's taking these games seriously and who isn't. Just like the last week of the NFL season, you know, where you got to really take a close look at who's trying and who's not before you look at these slates. And that early slate, I think, does have more competitive games than the late slate does. Yeah. Um, and if you guys don't use stuff like this, one of the things I will mention here, good point, Lee, one of the things I will mention is one thing I do use uh, as we get to this part, portion of the season is 538 kind of game score. Uh, they actually put like a game score, quality score on each game. Uh, I always kind of take a gander at that when I'm trying to try to take a look at these. You can kind of guess what it is just based on what the playoffs, uh, you know, picture is looking like. But if you need a little bit of help, that is a good tool there. I know we're sports eat those, but uh, I can go ahead and plug other stuff. That's okay. <laughs> I do use other tools outside of what we've got. So, uh, but anyways, let's jump right into it, man. We do have an early four game slate here. Um, I'm going to just run through this injury news here. There's quite a bit of it. So, Lori marketing questionable with a hand injury. Uh, not sure if he's going to play. I'm, I'm hoping he will for that most improved player award, but we'll see about that one. Uh, PJ Washington, questionable with a foot injury. Uh, I'm guessing he's probably not going to play. Ubre, questionable with a shoulder injury, probably not going to play. Hey, we're doubtful with a thumb injury. Not going to play, I would say. Absolutely absolutely not, almost 100%. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., questionable with a toe injury. He's probably truly questionable, just like he was last time, probably actually injured. Uh, for the Wolves, we have Anthony Edwards, questionable with an illness. Carlton uh, Towns, also questionable with a calf injury. I think both those guys are going to try to play as best they can, so I think they are truly questionable. They are right in the thick of things as far as the play-in picture goes. So uh, I do think those guys are true game-time decisions at this point. Uh, Nazir Little is out with an ankle injury. Cam Reddish is questionable with a back injury. So the Portland Trailblazers are literally a skeleton crew. Who knows who plays with them? Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Gary Trent Jr. is questionable with an elbow injury for the uh, Raptors. And Will Barton, uh, I just want to mention this, he is probable with an ankle injury. He's going to be back in the lineup to take some of those uh, Gary Trent Jr. Uh, uh, minutes away. So I think that's everything, Lee, uh, as far as injuries go. There were some other ones I left out that we've already know about. But any of the uh, you know injuries I might have missed that you're kind of eyeing at this point in time? No, just remind everybody, like I always do, check those lineups right before lock. It's going to be critical these last eight days of the season to make sure that you know who's in and who's out. And tune into the DFS lineup show, uh, lineup lock show, which is going to be tomorrow. Uh, we're going to go live about 45 minutes to lock. I'm trying to get some more guys on with me, but we'll see how that works out. It might just be me alone again, but that's okay. Uh, 13 games, no problem. I do that in my sleep. Uh, but anyways, let's talk about these games here, Lee. Uh, Toronto and Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Toronto is favored by 13 points in this game, so there's a, quite a big spread. makes a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, I mean, but it is the start of the Hornets. Toronto's you know, looking for play-in uh, positioning at this point. So they're not really going to take this game off, per se. 
Uh, we don't know if we're going to get a full four quarters. So I think even if you don't get a full four quarters, a couple of guys I look at is Pascal Siakam at 8,600 and Scotty Barnes at 7,400. Those aren't my favorite plays on Toronto. I'm going to let you speak before I give you my favorite plays on Toronto. But I do think you can look at those guys' directions. Uh, they are some nice pricing there. And it is, of course, the Charlotte Hornets. Anytime someone's playing the Hornets, uh, they just look better. And you know what? The Hornets t- typically keep things competitive somehow, even when people are out of the lineup. So, uh, and the, the Raptors aren't really known for blowing people out. So I think you can look at those two top two guys. But uh, talk to you about this Toronto side, man. Yeah, honestly, this uh, this is there's a four game afternoon slate. That's what we're going through right now. But this is the only early game of those four. The other three start at the same time. They all start a couple hours later. So you're gonna have a lot more insight into those later games than you are into this game. Um, and so for that reason, a lot of DFS players like to fade that early game and just concentrate on the last three. And honestly, taking a close look at this one, it's not a bad game to fade, to be honest. I think there's a lot to like on the Toronto side. You know, that starting lineup is always rock solid and, and pretty reliable. And you got Pedal or Pertle at uh, yeah. uh, 6,400, Siakam at 8,600. Lately, the must play has been OG Ananobi at 6,700. You know, I think the last three games, he's averaged about 39 minutes and about 38 fantasy points per game. So, you know, he's certainly a regression candidate, but you got to like him again today. Uh, and honestly, I've been trying to play Gary Trent Jr. all week. I just love his his points per minute when he's in the lineup. He just doesn't seem to be getting into the lineup, and I'm hoping today's the difference. He's back again because I think he's uh, 4,700, something like that. Yeah. So certainly really a good play if he, if he gets into the lineup. Yeah, um, and he has been out a while, so obviously, you know, we got to get some kind of confirmation that he's going to get his full allotment of minutes also, but I'd be a little worried about that. But at 4700 uh, it is a really attractive price tag. Even if he only gets, you know, 22, 25 minutes, somewhere in that range, uh, still a pretty pretty decent play. Uh, but, yeah, you mentioned Jacob Jac- Pertle. That's a guy I'm really eyeing in this game here at 6400 It's the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, they are not a good uh, team against the center position. Uh, we all know that. I think I just get the feeling this is going to be a really big Pertle game. Uh, a couple other guys you didn't mention that are on my list here are same same kind of philosophy here. Uh, but Chris Bobby Boucher at 4300 and uh, Precious Achua at 3300 I think, for a large field GPP. That's a really solid get for you guys as well. Um, he played, I believe, 20 minutes in his first game back from injury. Uh, they only played seven minutes in the last game, so a lot of people are going to be off of him. He is a risky play, but he's near minimum pricing. And as we know, this game could get out of hand early. If it does, I love Precious to get in and get, you know, 20 to 22 minutes for you. Uh, and if that happens, he is a good points per minute guy. He gets gets rebounds, gets points. So uh, I would look his way for, for large field GPPs only. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I know it's hurdle. I just keep I can't read it that way when I'm looking yeah. at my notes. So yeah, purdle purdle power. All you have to remember is purdle power, like turtle power. You know, Denny's <laughs> uh, Ninja Turtles. So yes. Uh, but on the Charlotte on the Charlotte side, I do have a couple of guys here as well. Uh, not super interested in Charlotte just because we have so much uncertainty there uh, with who's going to play, who's not going to play. Uh, but I do like Mark Williams at six thousand. He's getting the bulk share of minutes at the center in the last couple of games. So um, can we count on that happening going forward? Are they just going to mess us up and, and play Nick Richards more? Yeah, that's absolutely a possibility. He is a risky play. But I do think he, uh, if he does play his 30, you know, 32, 33, 34 minutes uh, here at 6,000, it's a decent play. Uh, I also like James Booknight at 60 or 4,600, sorry, 4,600. Uh, if he was 6,400, there's no way. But 4,600, yeah, that's a, that's a good price for him. Uh, he showed the last game against my Bulls that he does have some skills on the basketball court, uh, Lee. So um, I got it. We've kind of forgotten about, but he is a, a skilled basketball player, and they're, they're taking you right now. So they have, no, they have all the incentive in the world to play him some minutes, right? Yeah, like I said, I probably will end up fading most of this game. If I'm going to play anybody from Charlotte, probably Maladon. He's been, you know, he's at six thousand dollars, so he's not cheap anymore either. 
Um, but so many of those guys out and really unreliable to start. Uh, he's been playing about 30 minutes, scoring about 30 fantasy points per game lately. He's not a great shooter, but he does pretty well with the other uh, categories. And then on the value side, there's not a lot to love here, but Bryce McGowan's, you know, who, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, he's only 4,500. He's been getting about 20 to 25 minutes with all these starters out. He's at least showing some promise, but that promise looks like it might only have about a 25 fantasy point per game ceiling. So yeah. not a great play, but at least somebody yeah. on the cheaper side. You could probably stay in the Hornets. I would probably try to play at least one Raptor. I'll just put that out there. Um, I'm Like I said, I'm Pirtle, but if you want to go cheaper, uh, maybe Boucher or Precious Chihuahua uh, in those larger field GPPs. If you want to fade the game entirely, I can't blame you. But I think a one Raptor at least is going to go off in this game. All right, let's move on, though, to the Memphis Grizzlies and, Ch- and Chicago Bulls. Uh, Memphis is a, a 2.5-point favorite against my Bulls. Probably fair, you know, whatever. I'm going to hold my nose and say sure. Uh, let me talk about my Bulls, though. Uh, some of these pricings here, man. This is going to be a competitive game, and I'm looking at Levine and Vucevic, 7,900, 7,800. Uh, I think you can absolutely roster either of these guys. Memphis still doesn't have Steven Adams. They're still playing Xavier, uh, Xavier Tillman and, um, oh, gosh, I'm blanking on the backup center now. But they're not playing uh, Steven Adams anymore. So at the center position, they're still a little bit weak defensively, I would say. Uh, so I think Vooch is really probably my top play on the on the Bulls side here. Uh, I'm not looking at anybody else further down the Bulls roster because they still have all their top three guys. DeRozan's a, just a few hundred more than Levine. Uh, if you want to go there in a large field GPP, I mean, sh- sure, go for it. He's going to have pretty low ownership here. But I just don't think it's a, a fantastic play. But, yeah, Levine and Vooch on the Bulls for me. Anyone on the Bulls that you like? You know, it's pretty easy to like about four or five of the Bulls every night. You know, they're priced kind of right. Uh, they're great last guy into your roster uh, night every night and when you're looking for a good value and high floors you get those from DeRozan and Levine and Vooch and I like uh, probably like you I like Vooch the most of that group tonight I think uh, he's typically plays very well when he goes gets in a tough center matchup and he'll have one today value and you know unless you try to guess right on the Drummond game of the month which is almost impossible right uh, it's tough to really count on any value plays from the Bulls bench. Uh, you know, Patrick Williams, Patrick Beverly, Caruso, Jones Jr. They're all nice value plays, but you really can't count on any of them for consistent 25 fantasy points per game. So yeah. I'll probably be uh, maybe looking to Vucevic, uh, but not much beyond that on the Bulls side. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I think you're, you're totally right there. Um, I'm not really looking at any of those cheaper guys. I've been mentioning Caruso a lot, but I think his price is like 3900 now. It's dropped, jumped up a few hundred, so... Uh, I don't think you can go there. He had a pretty nice game in the last one, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to chase that. Uh, John Morant at 10,000 coming against my Bulls. Uh, I'm looking to actually stack a few Bulls and run John Morant back. Uh, so you can probably guess what my core is here <laughs> with my, my lineup I've made so far. Uh, but I do like John Morant at 10,000 here. I think it's going to be a fast-paced game. I think uh, it's going to be a competitive game. And I think, you know, as far as like you're looking at the rest of the slate, it's really the most competitive game on this four-game slate. So I think... That might be part of the reason I like it a little bit more because I know, you know, if I stack value in this game, it's a safe value. But uh, talk to me about the Memphis side. Is there someone else I'm missing there? I think Jaws the obvious choice at point guard in this slate. Uh, he's just kind of heads above the, rather, the rest of the competition there. But, you know, he's only been uh, – he had an off game last game out, played only about 26 minutes, only had 21 fantasy points. He's, he's $10,000, but like you said, I think he's about the only guy you can really trust to go off in the point guard group. The uh, strangely enough, I never thought I'd say this out loud, but I think Luke Kennard is my favorite play on this team today. Uh, he's been strangely consistent lately, getting minutes even when the starters are playing. And uh, at 5,300, he's he's uh, yeah, 
No, I was looking at his game logs there. It's like 23, 24, 25 DK points, like, uh, you know, every single game. So can't go wrong. It's uh, He's hitting value for you there. Um, I wouldn't say his ceiling's insanely high. He's not going to drop 30 real life points again or, or whatever that was, his yeah. career high a few nights ago. But uh, but he's a decent play for sure. All right, mini, uh, Minneapolis and Portland. Let's talk about them. Uh, we've got the uh, Minneapolis, well, Minnesota. Yeah, uh, Minnesota is favored by 16 points in this one because Portland's absolutely just running nobody out there at this point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so talk to me about uh, about Minnesota. Now I'm saying Minneapolis here. Minnesota. Uh, who do you like on that team? Yeah, that uh, Portland team is an absolute mess. That might be the worst team in basketball right now, to be honest with you. Uh, so on the Minnesota side, I think the value, funny thing is the value in pricing you get from Minnesota is only because they've underperformed all season long. So, you know, Edwards, Gobert, Cat, Conley, they're all affordable plays almost every night. And uh, But none of them, you can't love any of them, but they're all playable. I mean, much like we just talked about with the Bulls. Value with now's read out for the season, Luca Garza might be worth throwing in some lineups. You know, he should grab some backup and some mop-up minutes. And when he gets more than about 15 minutes, he's shown he can get you about 20 fantasy points per game. So he's certainly the minimum on, on DraftKings, which makes him at least a consideration to be play. But uh, like I said, Minnesota, much like the Bulls, they're kind of like they're reliable sources for your last couple guys in your in your lineup, but not something you want to build around, at least that I can see. Yeah, um, the other guys you mentioned there, I think Edwards at 8,400. Uh, I think he's like more of a pivot off of those Bulls guys I mentioned. A little bit more expensive. Probably going to have lower ownership because this this spread in this game is just so out of hand. Um, so I think you can go with some Edwards there and some GPPs. Uh, but I'm going to actually mention one more guy here, Kyle Anderson, 6,500, mm-hmm. slow-mo. Not ne- normally a guy I love to roster. I've mentioned this before on this pod several times. Uh, <laughs> I said that last time, and he scored, what, 41 DK points or something like that. Something pretty good. Um, but, yeah, without, you know, Nas Reed in there, uh, if this game you think it might be a little bit more competitive, Portland actually, you know, covers that spread, uh, makes it kind of a game. You know, it's a 10, 15-point game down the stretch. Uh, I think Kyle Anderson's pretty safe to get, you know, close to 30 minutes. Uh, and if that's going to happen, I mean, he does contribute across the board, rebounds, assists, uh, steals, blocks, points, everything, uh, everything that you can uh, count for a stat on DK. He he goes ahead and contributes that for you. So uh, I do like him here. Uh, this is a, obviously a four game slate, so we can't be super duper choosy. Uh, we can't fade like every single game. So I think if you're going to pick somebody in this game here on the on the uh, Minneapolis. Minnesota side. Well, I don't keep seeing Minneapolis. Minnesota side. It's going to be Cal Anderson, uh, slow mo. But let me let's talk about Portland. They are absolutely decimated at this point. Not playing anybody. Uh, who are you looking at? Because I do. I have some pretty interesting names <laughs> here on my list here. Uh, there's a couple guys, but uh, but let me uh, ask you first. Who are you looking at there? That's how bad the season's gone for Portland. That Shadon Sharp is the number is the highest priced player on the roster right now at eight thousand. Yeah. You know, and he and Eubanks are just about the only guys you can really count on to play or perform, to play and perform each night. And But given that, you think with all these injuries and all these backups playing that there'd be a lot of nice value plays from this team that's sitting almost in t- its entire starting lineup. But I don't really see a lot of value here either. Uh, the one value play I will consider is Skylar Mays, who just got his start on Friday night. <laughs> He played 30 minutes, scored about 28 fantasy points, and if he continues to start, I'll probably get into some of, his, some of my lineups because he's only 4,100. So I love Shadon Sharp, but at 8,000, I can usually find yeah. somebody cheaper I want to play instead. You know, and then like I said, Eubanks is a nice uh, guy to fill in if you if you have a last guy in. 
Well, I mean, you know, look, here, here's how it goes. If you, if you can fit three $8,000 guys in your lineup, then yeah, sure. Shane and Sharp probably can fit in there and, and you can feel pretty confident about that. But I mean, you're probably likely not going to. And we've already mentioned, you know, three $8,000 guys that we'd rather have. DeRosa, Levine, Vucevic, uh, Anthony Edwards. I think I'd rather go with any of those guys over uh, Shane and Sharp. I just don't trust it as much. So, uh, so that's how I view it there. Uh, so I think, you know, maybe if you want to be a little bit contrarian you can you can put him in there but yeah i think that price jump uh has a lot of people off of him but yeah you base at 5800 i think that's an absolutely solid uh price tag absolutely solid choice um he's gonna get the starters minutes he's gonna double double most likely um probably give you 30 or so dk points um you can pretty much count it like clockwork because uh, he's a center centers generally are pretty uh you know consistent with what they contribute another guy though i'm gonna uh, mention i didn't i didn't see skylar may so that's an interesting one i'll have to look a little closer at him but one guy i did see on here uh shaquille harrison Shaq harrison which uh old bull uh 3600 for him he's a little cheaper than your guy but uh but he played 24 minutes in the last one uh again we just don't really know what portland's gonna do it is absolutely a dice roll uh shot in the dark we don't know uh, but he put 30, uh, 24 minutes, and he put up, uh, I think, 28 TK points in that one. He's always been kind of a, a points per minute guy. When he is in the game, he has a lot of usage. He can't shoot worth a lick, which is hilarious. Uh, he really just is just a bowling ball on the basketball court. Likes to get downhill and go to the rim, uh, which I always love to watch. He's an exciting guy to watch when he's with the Bulls. But, uh, yeah, 3,600 for Shaq Harrison. That's a guy that's going to have very low ownership that you can probably look at in some GPPs. But let's move on, though, to the Utah and Brooklyn game. That's a little bit more of a competitive game here. It's an 8.5 uh, point spread in favor of Brooklyn, which makes sense to me. We don't know who's going to play for Utah quite yet. We, we're not sure if Markin's going to be in. Like I said, I hope he will be. I'm thinking he probably won't be. Uh, I think he's probably going to miss this one, unfortunately. But, um, you know, talk to me, Lee, about the Brooklyn side here first. Um, you know, who do you like on the Brooklyn side? I will tell you my favorite play the last two weeks is Mikhail Bridges. Every slate, every game, every chance I can get play him, I've been playing him, and he's really been – I haven't been disappointed once yet. He's really coming around. He's the number one option now on the on the Nets. And I mean, who thought that would be the case? Not certainly not the Suns. <laughs> you know, yeah. right now it's almost like they got the better of that trade. But the uh, he's also shooting guard only on DraftKings, and even at 8,200, he's been a must start for me the last two weeks, scoring 40 plus fantasy points per game in all of his last five games, and he's approached 60 fantasy points twice. So. To me, Mikael Bridges is a lock in my lineups, uh, even in a short slate. Yep. Yeah, Mikael Bridges, 8,200. I think um, absolutely fine. Uh, absolutely a good play. Um, you know, as you, you've said everything, I don't really have much to add there. I'm hoping my most improved player hits for him. Uh, and maybe Markin sits out a little bit more. I only got him at plus, plus 2,100, though. He's, he's had better odds since then. But you know what? I'll take it if it hits. Uh, but I, I don't know if it will. I think Markin's pretty much got that on lock. Uh, but the other guy I'm looking at on the Brooklyn side is Nicholas Claxton at 7,000. Uh, Claxton Kessler is a pretty interesting uh, matchup to me uh, in terms of bigs, you know, but I think Claxton definitely has the better of him there. I think, you know, he's got the experience and he's just a, overall a better player, um, more versatile type player. So I've uh, been putting up, I think, 40 plus DK points in the last two games. Uh, Claxton has. And with Utah, it's going to be an up and down paced up game. Uh, I still like him to put up, you know, 40 DK points again in this one. So 7K, that's, uh, you know, pretty much 6X value for you there. So uh, I love it. I'll, I'll go ahead and get in my my lumps here and there. Uh, on the Utah side, I'm just gonna, I've just got one guy here, honestly, because so many of them are out, and this is kind of like Portland, where I just I'm just not sure what's gonna happen. But uh, Ochai Agbaji at 4800, <clears throat> been a guy that's been getting uh, decent minutes, 28, 30 minutes, and he's been getting up shots left and right. As long as he's hitting three point shots here, 
I think he's going to hit your value for you at 4,800. So he's more of a guy you slip into your lineup if you need a kind of a cheaper option, uh, you know, kind of a mid-range cheaper option. It's not somebody I'm like getting going out of my way to get in my lineups. But anybody in Utah, you're eyeing Lee? Yeah, like it, like you've mentioned, it almost entirely depends on the injury report. I will definitely be playing Laurie Markkinen if he's available at eighteen sure. at eighty eight hundred. But like everybody else, I like Horton Tucker. Who thought THT would be this kind of player? Certainly not the Lakers, right? And then the uh, at seventy seven hundred though, he's not cheap, but he's playing a career high minutes, scoring career high points, about thirty six and a half fantasy points per game over his last six. I don't like him, but I certainly can't argue with what the numbers he's putting up. Yeah. Uh, another guy I'm going to mention there, I'm just taking a look now, uh, Chris Dunn, 5,700. Not super interested in that one either, but I think that's a guy you can look at because um, you know, you're, you're going to need people to fill your lineups. We haven't mentioned too many people. So, uh, Anyways, but we can move on, though. That is the early four-game slate. We have a late, uh, later nine-game slate as well. Uh, if you guys need to stay on top of the injury news, do tune into that lineup lock show, uh, which will be tomorrow on our YouTube channel, on Sports Ethos YouTube channel. Uh, you can also get DFS Pass for $4.99 a month. Go to sportsethos.com, sign up for the DFS Pass, and we will hook you you up with the uh, news as it drops and what we're doing with that news with our lineups there. Uh, nine games late though. I'm not too much uh, injury news here. Not new injury news, I should say. Uh, this is all just new stuff. Uh, I'm going to mention Nikola Jokic. He's questionable with that calf injury again. I think he's trending towards playing. Uh, you know, mysteriously, the entire Nuggets squad uh, got ill the last game, and now they're all mysteriously probable for this one. So I'm thinking, you know, it's a return return of the uh, Cavalry here, and I think Jokic is going to be part of that. So I think he plays, but we have to check in on that. LeBron James is questionable with a foot injury again. I would say 90% chance he's going to play. Uh, Keldon Johnson, doubtful with a foot slash tank injury. Uh, Vassell out with a tank injury. Uh, Kata Bates-Diap, questionable with an ankle injury. Uh, so the Spurs are just decimated, absolutely decimated still. Uh, Miles Turner, questionable with a back injury. Probably not going to play. Jarrett Allen, questionable with a groin injury. That's an interesting one. He's been out for a few games. He might come back for this one. Uh, Monty Morris, questionable with an ankle injury. Uh, it's another interesting one for me, at least, for the Washington Wizards. Uh, Javon Carter is also questionable with a knee injury. And that's all the new uh, information we have. So let me talk about – there's one game here that I have quite a few targets. And I don't even know – they're not my favorite targets to say. I just think there's a lot of good pricing here. That's the LA Lakers and the Houston Rockets. Um, I mean, I think LeBron James at 9,600. If you want to have you know a, a star that's somewhat safe, I think there's two games later in the day – the two late games are probably the safest in terms of stars, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and Denver, Golden State, because those are really competitive games. Mm-hmm. But I do think LeBron James and the Lakers, they, they need to win this game. LeBron James is cheaper than most of those other stars on the later slate. So if you want to have a GPP star to slip in your lineup, I think LeBron James makes a whole lot of sense. What I'm really interested in on the Lakers side is D'Angelo Russell at 7,000. Um, I think him against Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Those guys kind of profile as a very similar players where they're kind of sloppy with the basketball, but they're also really dynamic. They also do a whole lot with the basketball, and they score uh, out the yin-yang every now and then. Uh, so I'm looking for D'Lo to have one of those ceiling games here. Uh, talk to me about the Lakers, Lee. Anyone you like there? <clears throat> yeah, first of all, does it seem like the Lakers and Houston have been playing each other every game all month? <laughs> it's just me, but... I guess one nice thing about the Lakers this time of year, you know, the thing we love about playoff basketball and DFS is that we can we can predict the lineups, we can predict the minutes played usually, and at least now with the Lakers being this close to the end of the season and them having to win games, we can predict that AD and LeBron will be in the lineup and at least, uh, like I said, playing what minutes we expect them to play. But today we have them playing against Houston, and if 
the Lakers are not really a team that blows out other teams, but this could easily be a 20-point game in the fourth quarter. And uh, I do like AD and LeBron. I probably wouldn't get much deeper than that with this game just for that reason alone. Fair enough. Uh, on the Houston side, I do like Chingun at 6,800. Uh, yeah, the Lakers are still thin at the center position. They have no, uh, I mean, Anthony Davis is playing center basically for them, and then Mo Bamba's been out, obviously. Uh, so they just don't, they have uh, Winnie Gabriel and, uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to even think who the other center is there. I'm just spacing on names today. But either way, they are weak at the center position, so I like Shingun here to go off. Uh, he's had a couple of really good games in a row also. And then a couple other guys I think that are really good, probably my favorite fillers on the whole slate, uh, just like five, you know, 50, 50, 500, 5,700 in there, that range. Kenny Martin Jr. at 5,700 and Tari Eason at 5,200. Um, you know, the Lakers are not necessarily a great defensive team. They're better when Lanthony Davis plays, but still they are not like the top defensive team. They're, they're pretty average. So I, still, I think this is still a good spot for them. So any Rockets you're looking at here, Lee? Yeah, I had the same ones you had. I had Shingun, uh, you know, even against AD tonight, I like him at 6,800 and then Terry Eason, 5,200. Been playing about 27 minutes off the bench recently. Mm-hmm. He's averaging 10.7 boards a game. So, uh, you know, that's, that's not a bad, uh, like you said, good throw in 5,200. I like it, man. All right, so talk to me about a game you're eyeing or a player you're eyeing on this slate. Well, I think there's, like you said, there's so many of these games that, I mean, like take Milwaukee and Philadelphia, for example, two teams that know they're in the playoffs, hard to predict what they're going to be doing those games. But I think one of my favorite games in the slate is going to be the last game of the night, and that's going to be Golden State at Denver. Fair enough. Yeah. Talk to me about it, man. Yeah, I think Golden State, Draymond Green, I'm going to be playing him as much as I can the end of the year. He's the kind of guy who just steps it up this time of year. We talked about this last week that he's starting to approach the triple-double numbers again on occasion. So I really like him at power forward at 6,400. His last six games shooting about 60%. You know, and he's not known as a great shooter, but he's been throwing in 86 and six boards a game. And then I also like Kevin Looney. Kevon Looney at 5,200 this game. They're going to have to play big versus Jokic. And Looney's quietly put together a pretty nice season, averaging about 25 fantasy points per game. And like I said, at 5,200, he's worth a, worth a play there too. So uh, Draymond is going to be my uh, power forward play in a lot of lineups I'm going to have. And then on the other side, on the Denver side, you know, they got a lot of guys that might play, might, might play, might not play. Jokic, Murray, Porter Jr., KCP, they've all missed time this week. But when they do sit, Aaron Gordon's usage goes through the roof, and it mm. did on Friday night. He played 36 minutes, filled the stat sheet. They lost to the Suns, but he scored 51 fantasy points. So two great power forward plays in this game, and Aaron Gordon and Draymond Green. Uh, and if you guys were watching that lineup show, uh, lock show a couple days ago, I told you as that uh, Denver news was dropping, Aaron Gordon, I'll move mountains to get him in my lineups. He was 5,900 there, Lee, and now he's 6,800. So definitely a little bit of a price adjustment there. But, yeah, I think if um, if all those guys sit again, yeah, absolutely, he's a guy you can get in there. But I do think these guys all play. It uh, seems like they're all mis- over their mysterious illness. Uh, and maybe even Nikola Jokic plays, so we'll see. Uh, the one guy I was eyeing here is Steph Curry at 10-3, I think, for cash games yeah. if you're looking for a really safe value. Uh, he's kind of the cheapest one of all those late-game stars, um, but he's going to put up big numbers because it's it's a big game for them. Um, you know, Obviously, Denver is number one in the West. Uh, every Anytime you play the number one you know, seed, you always want to kind of show up and do a really good job. I like your uh, Dream on Green call, though. Uh, that'd be another guy I'd be looking at as well. 
Um, I'm not super into this late. I think I think I'm gonna play the stars here and not any of the other guys. I think you can look at some of the Nuggets guys like uh, Bruce Brown or a uh, Michael Porter Jr. I think any of those guys are, are fine to kind of fill out your roster. But as I said, those Houston guys are kind of the guys I'm really um, eyeing because they're a little bit cheaper. But if he hey, if you can afford you know Michael Porter Jr. or something like that, I say go for it. I think that's fine because um, they're going to be playing uh, their max allotment of minutes here. So um, I do like want to talk about the. Uh, actually, let's talk about this game here. The Phoenix Suns and the OKC Thunder. I want to talk about this game because my, I, I, Kevin Durant is $8,900. I, I just can't <laughs> I can't get over this because this guy Kevin is, Durant is not even the highest priced player on his own team. I, I don't I don't understand this pricing. Um, He's got to be in my lineups. Let me just put it, put that out there. Uh, He OK, so I think this game is going to be closer than people that don't follow basketball will think they're going to think, Oh, it's OKC Thunder. I mean, they're, you know, they're not a great team. Don't get me wrong. They're not like amazing. Uh, I'm looking right now. What's the spread here? I think it's four point. Yeah. 4.5 points uh, in favor of the Suns. I mean, the Thunder hang into games. They are a scrappy, young, decent team. They're going to have Shea Gildas Alexander here. Uh, I got to have Kevin Durant in my lineups. How about you, man? Yeah. I like Kevin Durant, obviously that just for the price tag alone, even if he's not playing all the minutes yet. Yeah. You know, it's what's crazy to me though is that DeAndre Ayton has become a yeah. lesser a lesser player than Kevon Looney. He's yeah. just been really boring now. He's seems like he's got about a 25 uh, points per game ceiling. He's in and he's just for me not a worthwhile play anymore. Chris Paul is probably my favorite Suns play today at 7100. But like we talked about before, I think there's a lot of good point guards in the slate, so I'm not sure that I'd probably will get to a lot of them. Yeah, but uh, you know, and then you look at the value plays for the Suns, and with Durant back in the lineup, I don't really think there's a lot of those backups that are going to get many minutes anymore. So we'll see how that goes. The, how do you like the OKC side? Yeah, I, you know, I'm not. I think you can play Shiggles Alexander. I think all the OKC guys are priced up because he missed uh, was it two or three games with that ankle? I think it was his injury. Um, so I think you know if you're talking about like Jalen Williams or uh, Giddy. Uh, yeah, Giddy's 8,500. I'm not doing that with Shea Gilles Alexander in the lineup. And uh, Jalen Green or Jalen Williams, I'm sorry, at 7,400. Um, it's okay. I'd rather have him in like the six, you know, mid 6,000s range. So I'm not super excited to play a whole lot of the guys on the OKC side. I do think it's going to be a competitive game. So I, I don't think it's uh, out of line here to, you know, consider a maybe a Kevin Durant and Shea Gilles Alexander stack and then maybe grab another, you know, role player on either team. Uh, I'd probably grab a role player on the Sun side just because I think they're ultimately going to win this game. But, uh, but yeah, I do think uh, I'm, I'm not super interested in the OKC side. What about you? Yeah, the funny thing is, like you just said, you know, I love Jalen Williams. I have loved him all year long. Yeah. And uh, even at 7,400, he's not a cheap play like he was earlier in the season. But I love his minutes. I love his 50-point ceiling every night. But, as you pointed out, for $1,500 more, I can have Durant. So yeah, it's going exactly. to be tough for me to get a lot of Jalen Williams when I when Durant is that approachable. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right, well, what's another game you're uh, – I've got another – one more other game I'm targeting here. I'm curious to see if it's the same one, but another game you're targeting, honestly. Uh, I got two that I'm kind of interested in. Okay, and yeah. Strangely, I'm not going to pick the one that has been the most obvious. I'm guessing that might be yours. But I like San Antonio and Sacramento a little bit okay. today. Yeah, I do have some interest there. Go ahead. And the reason is because I'm really finding a lot of value lately with Trey Jones. I've been playing him almost every night, haven't been disappointed. He's probably going to be winning a lot of season-long fantasy leagues uh, with his play the last couple weeks because he's really playing a lot of minutes, and he's averaging about 31 fantasy points per game. Only 5,700 a point guard. Like I said, that's you know 1,500 cheaper than Chris Paul and for roughly the same production of late. So 
I didn't see a lot of value plays in San Antonio's side, though. On the on the Kings' side, you know, Kings have already locked up that playoff spot. They're going to mm. be pretty inconsistent with their lineups, but yeah. I love Keegan Murray. I've really liked him for a while now, and at 5,300 tonight, I like him even more in his last six games, playing about 30 minutes, averaging about 15 and five over his last 10 games. Plus, he's throwing an occasional assist and steal and block. And he's the kind of guy that should be getting lots of minutes, even even at this time of year, even with the Kings locking up a playoff spot. So, Keegan Murray and Trey Jones are my favorites in this game. Yeah, Keegan Murray's been balling, and so uh, anyone that was out there giving me guff for trading him in our uh, our mock trade deadline, you can probably uh, you know get your flowers now. Uh, you know, it was a fun exercise. I traded him for Kuzma. It is what it is. Uh, anyways, at the end of the day, no, Keegan Murray is a, a good play there. I was eyeing him as well. Uh, but I do have another guy actually at Sacramento. I actually have a couple other guys in this game that you didn't mention about. Sacramento, I'm looking at Trey Lyles at 3,700. Uh, uh-huh. Like you said, I just don't uh, – the Kings have everything locked up. I feel like they're going to put away the Spurs early. Spurs have no incentive to win. If that's the case and DeMontis Sobos takes an early seat, then uh, it's probably Trey Lyles going to get it there for you know a good 18 to 20 minutes. And he is a guy that when he gets in the game – uh, you know, he's open as soon as he hits the parking lot, as I like to say about some people. <laughs> it's like as soon as he arrives at the stadium, he's 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 willing to shoot that basketball. So uh, that's the kind of guy you want in DFS because he has a high ceiling. So that's a guy I would consider. Uh, on the San Antonio side, uh, I didn't have Trey Jones. I think he's a good play, uh, but I actually have Zach Collins at seven thousand. It is a big price tag. I'm not gonna lie, that's uh, gonna intimidate a lot of people off of him. But if you look at his recent, you know, DK scores, I mean, he's been scoring 35, 38 uh, DK points somewhere in that range. Pretty consistently, and yes, he can keep this going, guys. He is actually that skilled. Uh, people kind of slept on him, and it, it, part of it's that he's that skilled, but also the other part is that they're playing nobody. Like if they, Keldon Johnson's probably not going to play in this one, so uh, you know they're just sitting everybody trying to win Wembenyama. So he's really the last guy standing. That's like the most skilled player left on the roster. Uh, but I do think he can keep this going. It's kind of a shade on sharp situation where he's been priced up a little bit, but I still think that at seven thousand, he can still hit that price tag for you. So you bet. Um, all right, last game I'm actually uh, targeting here. I don't. I'm curious to see. You said there's a. I don't know if this is uh, the one you were speaking of. Speaking of, but uh, Washington Wizards and New York Knicks is the one I'm looking at. I'm not sure if that's the one you're talking about, but uh, for me, you know, no, uh, no Julius Randle. I think there's still some some meat in the bone there for for some of these Knicks. Uh, so I'm really trying to get them in here. There, I'm uh, Jalen Brunson at 8400. I just don't overthink it. I overthought it last time. Uh, if you guys you guys were watching that lineup block show. I, the one thing I got right was, hey, you can't trust Obi Toppin. And as <laughs> I predicted, I said 20 minutes. He got 19. So, you know, I know a thing or two about Tom Thibodeau and how he thinks. Uh, he just hates the guy. I don't know why. He does not want to play the guy more than 20 minutes. So uh, I think at 4,100, Obi Toppin is a fine play. Don't get me wrong. I think he can hit value for you there. Um, but he is a risky guy. Just don't don't see Tom playing a whole allotment of minutes. But Jalen Brunson, 8,400. Uh, no Julius Randle. He went off for like 40 eight real life points uh in the last game so uh not expecting that again but it is the washington wizards and they're pretty much tanking at this point so i think he could have another big game in him uh the other guy though i'm looking at here pretty hardly is mitchell robinson at 4800 uh you know no julius randall there seems to have really helped in the rebounding and blocking categories so i think he's got more room there to you know pile up those stats uh and he even grabbed he even had like, double digit points in the last game so um, you know, maybe there's even some more scoring to be had for him. I know he was complaining about his role on the offensive end, so maybe they're finally listening to him there and saying, hey, we have no Julius Randle, so let's throw the ball up to, to Mitchell Robinson a few times. Uh, so 4,800, though, I mean, he's a starting center. 
probably going to get you know 20 25 minutes uh, at least. They could even get more. Uh, and the Wizards, they're playing Gafford and uh, who else? I mean, you know, there's no Porzingis. Who else is going to play center for them? So I like Mitchell Robinson a whole lot here. Uh, but yeah, any other Knicks that you're looking at? What do you feel about those guys? Yeah, it's the, the bright side to Obi Toppin is that he's about a point a minute player. Yeah. The downside is his coach hates him and won't play him more than 20 minutes. <laughs> it's crazy. Completely, <laughs> completely agree with that assessment. And then, like I said, for that reason, Mitchell Robinson looks more attractive because if you got to have somebody grabbing rebounds and somebody playing the big man minutes. And so Mitchell Robinson, especially at that price, is pretty nice. The rest of the lineup, though, I'm going to take a little while to figure out. Like I said, with Randall just recently being out and, and, uh, a whole bunch of other guys in and out of the lineup as well. I'm just a little bit nervous right now of trying to predict what those rotations look like. It might predict who's going to be, if, like you said, if Tobin's not, if, if Toppin's not going to be playing those minutes, who is for the Knicks? Remains yeah. to be seen, I guess. Well, uh, I know the uh, Isaiah Hartenstein was grabbing a lot of those minutes too, but he's uh, pretty much the same price as Mitchell Robinson. So I'd rather have Mitchell Robinson. I think he's a higher ceiling guy, but. Uh, yeah, the yeah. only guy on the uh, Washington side, you know, Avdia has been a good play with those other guys out, but now he's at 7,200, which to me almost makes him unplayable at that price. Yeah. Gafford's been a nice play, but he's also up to 6,000. Yeah. He's not ne- necessarily reliable enough to play at 6,000. Uh, you were right about him last time, though. I'll pull you. I'll give you some flowers for that one. You say he was going to have a big <laughs> game. And he did have a big game there. Yeah, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> strangely enough, like I said, we talked about Luke Kennard earlier, the resurgence of stop-and-pop three-point guys. Corey Kispert apparently is a good play yeah. now, too. He's at 5,500, yeah. too, so he's not really cheap, but he's playing 35 minutes a game, mixing in some 35-plus fantasy point nights, and he's got about a 20 fantasy point game floor. So, like uh all right, so uh, there is one guy you didn't mention there uh, that I do have on my list is Delon Wright at 5900. If there's no Monty Morris, I think he's got uh, some leeway there. He had 41 DK points in the last one. Not necessarily expecting that, but if he can get at least 30, 35 DK points, I'd be happy with it. All right, you said there was one other game you were targeting here. I'm curious if it's the last one I've got here. So what was I your was last talking game? about Dallas and Atlanta. Okay, let's talk about <laughs> it. Go ahead. Only because I like the pace of this game. Like the projected total score is 242. So no reason to think you shouldn't be throwing some guys in this lineup. Unfortunately, when we're talking about Dallas, it's really hard to really want to play anybody but Luka. And honestly, I think if you were going to play this slate, $1,100, $11,800 for Luka, he'll be in all my lineups too. So uh, Luka's the only guy I'm really going to really trust from Dallas, but there's a couple of uh, Atlanta guys I really like in this game. How about you? Uh, you know, honestly, I'm not with Dallas being on back to back and Atlanta just being terrible and Trey Young burning me last time. This is no. actually one of the games I said, you know what? I'm just going to skip over it. I just don't want to even deal with it. I think it is a competitive game because uh, both these teams do want to win. So I don't blame people for grabbing game towards it. But uh, I honestly saw these price tags. I'm, I'm just not into any of these guys, to be honest with you, Lee. Uh, maybe I can see like a Christian Wood getting into some of my GPP lineups at 5,500. Uh, he's always got that ability to go off and get some minutes. It's just a matter of where where his minutes going to be. He's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, you know, had a string of you know, games in the mid like 12 to 17 minutes in those games. So you can't really trust it. But but yeah, I think Luca uh, is a safe guy. Obviously, anytime he's on a slate, so I uh, don't mind that at all. But I'm not necessarily somebody I'm targeting. Uh, on Detroit though, Detroit and uh, Orlando. I do like Paolo Banquero, 7,500, a whole heck of a lot. I wanted to mention him before we log off here. Uh, just had a really huge game. 
And obviously Detroit's uh, very bad at basketball these days. So I think Paolo could have another big game. I was looking at his points uh, prop. It was like 22.5. It's been 19.5 all season. So obviously the books are on him having a big game also. Uh, and then Goga Batadze, I want to mention him also on the Orlando Magic as a GPP guy, 3,400. He had 22 minutes in the last game. This is a guy that over the last several seasons I've been eyeing as kind of a, a permanent monster. And you, you can see in his game logs, you know, he only needs like 15 minutes to put up really, really big stat lines. Uh, so I, I do like this guy also for GPPs. Um, and then one of the guy I do have here on my list uh, I want to mention before we log off here is in the Cleveland-Indiana game, uh, T.J. McConnell at 5,900. Keeps getting minutes inexplicably. I mean, I don't know why. He's like 31 years old or something like that. But, uh, you know, they can play Nembhard 40 minutes, but they're just not doing it. So I, I don't know why. But as long as T.J. McConnell is getting minutes, uh, you know, under 6,000, He's pretty safe to get you 30 DK points in, in that range. So, and how I many of the, how many of us DFS players are still waiting for McConnell's next 10 steal game? Like he yeah. did last year, the year before he did that. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he just completely he a, blew the slate up completely. We're all yeah. kind of waiting for that game to happen again. Yeah, so so I think he's another guy you can look at. Anyone else you wanted to mention before we uh, log off here, Lee? No, I like Vanchero too. You know, 61 points, fantasy points per game last time, playing a huge amount of minutes. Orlando, as bad as they are, is over 500 at home, and they're heavily favored in this game. So somebody's going to be scoring the points. Somebody's going to be grabbing those rebounds. Might as well be him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Ben Carroll would be a nice little target for you. So uh, let's talk about Thrive Fantasy, though. Thrive Fantasy, if you're on Thriving, thrivefantasy.com. You can go there or use promo code ETHOS to get your first deposit match up to 250 bucks. I just have two plays here, Lee. Uh, not sure how many you have, but I'll just go ahead and start us off. I do have Kevin Durant over 24.5 points at 95 points against the OKC Thunder. Again, I think this is going to be a competitive game. I think we'll get a, a full allotment of minutes here from Durant, 30 minutes at least. Uh, and he should score 25 points, no problem, against the OKC Thunder. It's going to be a high-scoring affair. Uh, what's your uh, five plays there? So I got three of them. Uh, the first one, the aforementioned DeAndre Ayton. I don't want to say he's washed, but he's certainly become <laughs> boring, on the, especially yeah. on the stat sheet. So. His, uh, it's under 10.5 rebounds is the prop for 90 points. Yeah. He hasn't grabbed 11 rebounds in any of his last five games. And with the Suns already in the playoffs, he won't really be pushed to do it tonight either. So that's DeAndre Ayton, under 10.5 rebounds. I like it. Uh, D'Angelo Russell over 0.5 steals. Easy one, 70 points against the Houston Rockets. Just take the easy free space. Um, go ahead and get it. It's uh, Kevin Porter Jr. who doesn't take care of the basketball typically, historically. He's been better this season, but... Uh, he gives a plus deals to opposing point guards usually. I think is going to have at least one against him. What's your other two plays early? I've got Evan, Evan Mobley at over 9.5 rebounds and assists for 85 points. When Jared Allen sits, Mobley plays center. And when Mobley plays center, I play Mobley almost every single time. He puts up really nice production. He's been over this 9.5 total all of his last four games, and he's averaging 11.8 rebounds and assists for the season. So no reason to think he won't do it today. My final pick would be Draymond Green for the same mm. mention, same reasons I mentioned before. The guys, I really like his triple-double potential the last few games of the year. The the prop for uh, Thrive today is over 24.5 points, rebounds, and assists. It's worth 105 points, so a little premium price. Yeah. I think he's going to finish the season strong. His prop is right in line with his season averages, but tonight against Denver and what I think will be a high-scoring game. Uh, again, I'm looking for something close to a triple-double for Draymond again. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, all right, guys, that's it for us, though. That's going to be our Thrive Fantasy and our DraftKings plays for the day. I am Keith. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSBPKeith. And, Lee, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at Lee from Fargo. Absolutely. And uh, please do like and subscribe to the show. Leave us a review wherever you're listening. And don't forget about the Lineup Lock show tomorrow. I'm going to, like, 
make myself worse, you need to be there so I can at least can have some kind of value out of that. So until next time, guys, go get that money.